0: Direct from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. It's time to talk Beehive Buzz with Newstalk, Newstalk ZB's chief political reporter, Jason Walls. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. National Party. Mm. topsy Turvy week, but they oh, got their man.
1: They did eventually, so it all kicked off last, um, I think it was... Wednesday night, Wednesday or Thursday, I can't even remember. That's how much of a topsy-turvy week it's been. But it was late in the week. um, There was the infamous email by Judith Collins, which basically um, said that Simon Bridges had said some untoward things um, a a number of years ago that had just been brought back up, and she was basically stripping him of his portfolios and um, giving him a really publish public um, dressing down. Simon Bridges, of course, said that this wasn't the case, or he wasn't happy with this. And then one thing led to another, and now we have um, Christopher Luxon in in charge of the National Party. So it was an insanely tumultuous 24 hours at the end of the week. But it sounds like the National Party did the right thing, um, and. All credit to Shane Retty who stepped in as interim leader and said, hang on a second, instead of hammering this out now within caucus, uh, let's wait a little bit. Let's have some chats between um, MPs and come up with something um, later in, the w- um, in a couple of days, and let's have a meeting on Tuesday. Now, it turned out that... that um, Meeting on Tuesday was just sort of a, uh, just a formality because Simon Bridges and Chris Luxon actually hammered it out beforehand and came to an agreement, which is um, Chris Luxon would take the reins of the National Party.
0: Now, I know that you're a little bit of a ferret round that beehive, right? Uh, Very much so. How close was it?
1: Well, we hear that it wasn't all that close, and of course it couldn't have been that close because it it didn't actually come to a vote. And the way that you know that is that if it was close or Simon Bridges had any inkling that he had the numbers, it would have gone to a vote and it would have forced it. But the fact that it didn't happen is quite telling, shows that um, either – Bridges said, "For the good of the party, I'm not going to let this go into a um, a, a leadership vote, which would make us look a lot more unstable." Or um, Luxon just had the numbers and called us, uh, and just said, "Listen, I've got the numbers," and Bridges relented.
0: How's the media feeling about Christopher Luxon now? Are they sort of excited as the public are that he's fronted pretty damn well?
1: You know, call me cynical, but this is about the fifth (laughs) national leader that I've gone to one of those press conferences for. And he said the same things that Judith Collins, that Bridges, that Mueller said, Um, but he has um, come out... I'd say pretty well. He had a pretty fiery interview on RNZ yesterday and his faith, his Christian faith has come up quite a lot. Um, But I think the way that he handles questions is, um, I thought it was quite refreshing. It's it's a good sign when he can be straight up answering questions. And here is him with Mike Hosking yesterday morning. Is Andrew Costa tough enough on gangs and gang violence or not? Well, uh, we've got a big problem with that because I don't know if you remember, but we didn't used to have a gun violence crime every week uh, in the newspapers here in New Zealand. And actually, we are I think New Zealanders are not just accepting it. They are actually quite worried about it. Um, we need to give police more access to firearms. We need to see the armed response teams more across the country uh, and rolled out nationally. Uh, and then as to general alarming, that's a, com- that's a conversation that New Zealand should start to have. So, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, he actually gave a straight up answer and didn't dilly dally around the point. So, I think he's going to win a lot of brownie points for that sort of thing.
0: That sounded like John, John Key to me.
1: Oh, well, you're not the first person to make that comparison. Oh, he's my a, God. He's a, the political protege of John Key, who has uh, been in his ear this whole time. So, no doubt, John Key, sitting in one of his houses, uh, will be very happy with the developments.
0: <laughs> one of his houses. Should we be talking? Great, great segue, by the way, because we've been talking for the whole show about whether. MPs should have to disclose what they own. Uh, uh, It's sort of got, I thought the media got a bit carried away with it. How how does it work now and should they have to uh, basically disclose what they own?
1: Yeah, well this isn't a new story because um every um year the um it's either a year every year or, or twice a year, um MPs have to disclose what they own. So their kiwi savers, what assets they have. And w- I remember writing about this um months ago that um Chris Luxon had seven homes, and it's just one of those things that we all do. Um and it was newsworthy because, you know, he was the heir to the throne as it were back then, but now he literally is sitting on the throne. It's come back up again. But you know, Seven houses, it, it's its a lot, but he was the chief executive of Air New Zealand. He was making a tidy penny when he was in that job. And when you're in New Zealand, housing is the... Best option for investment. We've had that ingrained into our psyche since birth, pretty much. The Kiwi dream of owning a home, and then um, owning another one, and an- another one, and of course, those capital gains are going to um, add up. And I'd be weary of listening, or I'd be interested actually, to see if any government uh, minister or MP has a crack at him over this, because it's under this Labour government that we've seen the biggest gap between the haves and the have-nots in terms of housing. Um, start to it, it, it's, it's it's a gulfing gap. I mean, we look at Wellington, I'm. You we were talking about it on your show earlier this week about how expensive houses have become in Wellington. So, yes, he he owns houses. He is not the 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 richest MP in Parliament in terms of property. Um that is Ian McCallie from Fielding who owns a lot of property, um big big land rather than houses. So, it's um it's an interesting debate, but uh, you know we're addicted to housing in New Zealand. We're addicted to talking about it, we're addicted to um, discussing it over the water cooler. So, I'm not surprised that this has come up as an issue really really.
0: And, and you're right. And, I, and I'm sort of really beating myself up here for a second because I didn't even think about it. He's probably earning about $4 million a year. So if he's bought a property a year, that's chump change to him, isn't it?
1: Well, to be honest, I, I, I w- thought he would have had more properties.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's my, my uh, slip up there. Traffic light systems coming into effect tomorrow. What are you hearing?
1: Yes, well, it's um, exciting for many. Um, I'm hearing um, rumours that the um, the bull in the Wellington Bar, Dakota, is coming back online. To the um, to all of your millennial listeners, who will find that an interesting um, an interesting um, <laughs> series of events. I probably won't give it a go. I'm a bit too old now. But um, yeah, it's very exciting for Wellingtonians down here. Things sound like if you're vaccinated, they're going back to um, very close to what used to be normal. Um, obviously, we're not going to be getting into green anytime soon especially in the summer um but for Aucklanders you know they're going to have to wait a little bit longer to get into orange but however red does give them quite a lot more freedoms um that is if you're vaccinated so you know I think especially for Auckland over 100 days in lockdown now they're going to be looking forward to um that extra bit of freedom but down here in Wellington um it's it's also going to be nice to get a
0: to have a boogie normal to have, a have a boogie? A boogie. Are you, you going to be on the dance floors? You know what? that I'm going to be standing at the door, graving people. We've had eleven weeks where we're closed. I'll be dragging them in. I'll be dragging <laughs> them, getting my old phone out and dragging them in. Let's go for a dance. Let's, yes. let's party up. Hey, well, I'll see you at midnight on Friday then, yeah. eh? Okay. Is that what it, st- it doesn't start till midnight on Friday? Is that right? Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was nine o'clock in the morning. Never mind. We'll open it. We'll open it midnight. Thanks, Jason. Jason Walls is the chief political reporter for News Talks and that was the Beehive Buzz.